It wasn't a marketing tool. It was basically a yearbook like you used to get in, you know, in grade school and high school. And it was a collection of things, pictures that people, you know, had. Uh, but, you know, it, it was a neat thing that we would present to colleagues at the end of the year. Welcome to We're Only Human, a podcast focused on blending research and practical advice to help today's HR, talent, and learning leaders improve business outcomes. Let's welcome your host, Ben Eubanks. Hey everyone, it's Ben Eubanks, host of Worldly Human, and so glad to have you here today. We've got a great show today. One of the interesting things about today's episode is that I keep getting requests, and I love them by the way, I keep getting requests for different types of content, different people listening to the show and saying, hey, I love this, but I want that, and they're looking for certain things. Today's conversation is one of those requests. I kept hearing from people saying, I want to learn more about how to re- engage my remote people. We have people all over the U.S. or all over the world, lots of offices, virtual workers. How do we keep these people connected? And so today, Beth and I talk about some of those ideas, how to do that, how to do that well. Interesting ideas from the very basic, simple things. Some of the, the, the simple things are the best, as Beth points out, but also some other ideas that we have both run across in our careers that can help you to be more engaging for those people. So I hope you really enjoy the show. It was a lot of fun chatting with Beth. As you can tell, we had a lot had a good time cutting up, but also sharing some good information. Next week is going to be an interesting week in the HR world, in the world of HR technology, because the HR Tech Conference is going on. I'll be out in uh, Las Vegas catching the events, doing a couple different speaking things, meeting with a lot of customers and other other, uh, vendors in the space. Really excited to see what's going on out there. If you are out in Las Vegas next week and you want to ping me, hit me on Twitter, hit me on LinkedIn. You can reach out at any time. Love to try to connect in person. Love meeting people that listen to the podcast and uh, that would be no exception. So a quick word from our sponsor and then we'll get on with the show. Today's episode is sponsored by People Strategy. From intuitive, hire to retire HR technology to comprehensive benefits consulting and HR services, People Strategy offers employers a single source for the tools and services necessary to attract, manage, and retain talent. They're a full-service broker, and People Strategy works with clients to identify competitive benefits packages to meet the needs of their employees, the families, and their company's financial obligations. They also provide clients with a technology suite to simplify recruiting, hiring, onboarding, payroll, payroll tax, open enrollment, benefits, and more. One provider, one price. Let People Strategy help you develop your People Strategy. Hey everybody, this is Ben Eubanks, host of We're Only Human, and I'm really glad to have you here today. Today is going to be a fun show. I can feel it. Uh, I'm going to make fun of our guests because she's a good sport, um, but also we're also going to learn a lot. She's got some some fun stories to share, some good ideas and tips and tricks and hacks and all the other whatever you want to call them to, for us to take advantage of and to use. So today, one of the big pieces of conversation is going to be around remote workers. So many of us work in a, in a place where we're not sitting next to our, our coworkers, our peers anymore. And while that is very awesome in some ways, it's also challenging in others, right? We, we miss that opportunity to, to hear what's going on. We miss that opportunity to connect with the people around us. And so it's easy to feel like you're disconnected. And when you are the HR leader, you are in charge of creating connections and helping to create the environment that enables that, right? We can't make everybody get together, but we can create the culture for that to support it. So I'm really excited to talk to Beth Hearn. She's actually the senior manager of human resources at People Strategy. Beth, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ben. I'm looking forward to a awesome conversation with you. 
Awesome. Well, cool. Before I ask you any questions, I'm going to tell everybody, I told you I'd make fun of you. We were doing a sound check, and I said, tell me a, tell me a funny story. I said, I limited it. Tell me a funny story from the last week. And you gave me that blank, like, deer in the headlights look. And I said, come on. You call yourself an HR professional. Like, we've, got, we've always got a funny story, like, in the hopper, ready to share. You'll never guess what happened to me. And you, like, blanked. And I was like, come on now. You, you can't call yourself an HR pro if you don't have a story, like, ready to throw out so yeah i totally failed on that one absolutely the the good news is that is your one one fail for the entire day the rest of this is going to be incredible right yeah exactly and the good news is that i actually have a funny story now (gasps) Ooh, okay so do you want to share that first (laughs) you want to share it first the the funny story is that i didn't have a funny story (laughs) (laughs) okay so beth tell us who you are and what you do uh, as you mentioned, Beth Hearn, I'm senior manager at People Strategy in Human Resources. And roughly about three months ago, I moved from the client side in uh, at People Strategy and moved over to run their HR department. So HR um, has been my background, was my background. I came to People Strategy with a unique opportunity to still be in the HR space um, with providing clients with HR uh, technology, and but I worked on the client side. So I got to really kind of do a deep dive into what um, the experience and learning a lot more of what my our colleagues do. So uh, my previous position at previous company was in the technology space. So it was a great learning experience. And um, now moving into the HR side, you know, I really have a deep dive um, as to what our colleagues do who are now my clients um, on a day to day basis. So very cool. Very fun. I, I've always wondered or thought that it would be good for everybody that works in HR to spend a day on the other side of the fence, right? Understand what it's like actually trying to support all of us and our crazy demands and everything else, because not, not just that, because it's good to be in someone else's shoes, but also because when you are in that role, I would imagine, and tell me if I'm right or wrong here, I would imagine that you got to see a lot of different companies how their cultures run, the kind of processes they have on the HR side, some, some commonalities, but also some really interesting differences too, right? No, absolutely. Um, and it was also great for, in my opinion, for our company as well, because um, I was our clients. So I, you know, always, uh, you know, I, I was their target market. So it was nice to be able to provide that feedback as well. Um, but yeah, definitely you see, um, you, you talk to other HR professionals, you, you know, you learn about things that they're doing, struggles that, you know, they've had, um, you know, mainly as it relates to the system. But, um, I always had that great connection with them and being able to understand what they were going through and the importance of, you know, um, making sure that our product, uh, uh, simplified what they were doing because I, you know, I've been there. I've done that. I know the time commitment. And then um, there, you know, when you're in the HR field, your job is never done. Your checklist seems to always get longer instead of shorter, even though you are checking things off. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I, that's a that's a great 
a great place to be. It was it reminded me that years ago, one of my friends who worked in marketing for another HR tech company, she actually took the time, spent the money of her, of her own volition, and went and got her certification because she said, "I want to understand better." like the world that you're living in. And she said, other than you know, like actually working in HR, which she couldn't do, she said, I'll do the next best thing. I'll go get certified. So I understand like the basic un basic conversations you're having, the kinds of struggles you have, the things that you're held accountable for. And that makes me better as a marketer, obviously, but it makes me better as a, as a person able to just have a better conversation. And so that was kind of a, that, that's what it reminded me of, of being able to try to blend those two worlds. It's, it's not easy to do that, but for the ones that can, I think it, it adds a lot of value and uh, makes for interesting conversations for sure. Um, okay, so let's switch gears a little bit. I want to ask you, I, I mentioned at the beginning, the outset, the intro, that we're going to talk about remote workers. And when you and I did an interview recently, we were, we were chatting for a research project that we're working on here at Lighthouse. And one of the things that got me is we got off on this very wild tangent, went down this rabbit hole, talked for a long time about engaging remote workers because it's one of the things that you and I had both struggled with in the past. You said, you know, previous history, you're in a tech company now, you're in a tech company then, right? And you have always had workers that were remote, people that were virtual. And um, so I'd love to go through and talk about some of the things that you have done in the past to try to connect those people, to make them feel engaged, to make them feel like part of the team. And, um, I, to tell you the truth, I probably can't refrain from weighing in. So I'll probably, you know, you'll you'll share one, I'll share one. It'll be kind of a a sharing party, to put it that way. And we'll just throw a bunch of ideas out there because I want everybody that's listening. That's like, I, I want to know how to engage my people that are remote because we have a new virtual team member or we have, you know, we're all virtual, whatever else. I want them to walk away from this conversation with some ideas practically to go and try and test. Does that sound fair? Nope, absolutely. Sounds like a plan. All right, so I'll let you go ahead and go first. Jump in. Let's 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 have one of them that you think would be a good one to start off with. Um, I think the biggest thing, and in my opinion, is one of the most important things is you know we all as colleagues want to feel valued and um, you know trusted and you know appreciated. So you know I I think in the HR world I think we all have our you know, our templates that we send out to, you know, new hires or to prospective uh, applicants, to um, colleagues that are leaving. Um, but just making sure that, uh, you know, typically everything I have, I have one set for remote colleagues and I have another set for colleagues that work in an office because you want to make sure that you're speaking their language. You want them to feel like, you know, we, none of us want to feel like we're just a number somewhere. Um, you know, just making sure that your language um, represents the fact that you know who they are and where they're located. Um, you know, not sending, you know, the same uh, message to people that are remote that live, you know, 10, 12 hours to an office that say, you know, when you get into the office. So just little things like that, just making sure that you speak the language to those that work remote. I think that that is one of the biggest keys. It's, you know, it, it takes a lot of time to do, but once you, you know, you start, you do it, um, it becomes natural. Um, it's just part of your process and we all have those processes. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's really as simple as, the way I started out with that years ago, we had we had the local 
right? The office version. We had the office version for our other kind of main office, and then we had everybody else. And so I had little blanks, little opportunities to customize those for those people. Instead of saying, you know, when you go to the office, it would just say, you know, here's how you reach out to me or here's how to reach out to your manager and just give them some set some expectations like we are still trying to stay in touch with you we want to stay connected with you even if you're not sitting next to someone else you're working with no absolutely and you know that goes back to you know not sitting back to somebody or not sitting next to somebody you know really working with you know your managers um, making sure that they are having frequent conversations you know um, don't assume that no news is good news. Um, sometimes you might need to reach out to those remote workers um, a little bit more just to make sure that they're connected. So and, and they're staying connected. You know, culture um, is a huge piece. We hear that word a lot within companies. You know, everybody, um, most people um, can find work elsewhere. Um, and so we want to make sure that we're keeping people at our company um, that isn't just based on comp- compensation. You know, you, you know, employees are going to get offered more money somewhere else. So we got it. We need to find reasons to keep them there. And I think with remote workers, um, it's just constantly, um, you know, making sure that we're keeping them engaged, um, you know, going to culture. Culture is a huge part of, um, you know, what I do and what I'm passionate about. Um, you know, we all know that uh, culture plays a huge part in keeping employees, uh, you know, in reten- employee retention and just really making sure um, that first, you know, the leadership is behind what you're doing. Uh, culture is it's every, it's really everybody's responsibility, but we need to make sure that the leaders um, of the organization, uh, you know, find it just as important as well. So, so what? That's a hard one, really, and there might not be an easy answer to this. But if I said, okay, Beth, I want you to make your culture, your values, the things that you care about as a business, I want you to make those visible to those people that aren't coming into an office every day. Um, you mentioned like leadership being part of that, but um, any ideas on how to make that that culture a little more visible for those people that aren't, again, coming in, seeing people day to day? Is there a way to do that more intentionally? You know, it's the little things that matter. So it, it is the little things that matter. It, you know, you, it, you can start off little. Um, just personalizing uh, any type of employee gifts that you give out. Um, you know, we make sure I have, uh, I've worked, um, at both my, both, you know, here at People Strategy and then previously with, uh, tag teamed with, you know, we always had somebody that was responsible for culture. Um, just making sure, you know, how you're packaging up things and sending them to employees. Um, just putting that little extra effort, um, a handwritten note that goes with it. Um, so, you know, just, we do welcome gifts for new, for new employees, you know, sending them to their home address when they're remote, uh, their family is probably more so involved, uh, with the company than with an employee that actually leaves home, goes to the office and then returns home because they're actually doing their work a lot of times in their home. So making it 
you know, a family thing where, you know, you're you're sending little gifts and little notes that um, are personalized to families and trying to kind of pick out, you know, things that you're I always try to target you know, does this person have, you know, two children? What are the ages of the children? Um, you know, and targeting these little things that you can do that way. Um, so just, you know, we do company calls. Um, if they're having them maybe once a month, having them, you know, once a quarter, uh, once a week, whatever works best for your company. Um, but that is a, a great way to engage remote colleagues, having them the same day, whether if it's once a month, you know, we at People Strategy, we do it the third Friday of every month at 12 noon. Um, so it's a standard on their calendar. Um, if, you know, they're not mandatory, we encourage people to come. Um, we always record them for those that have client engagements or can't make it for whatever reason traveling. Um, but just, you know, we do peer to peer shout outs at the end of every call, which I, I really believe is a great thing specifically, you know, for remote workers that, Hey, might be doing a great job and feel like nobody other than my team knows what's going on. So just really encouraging um, colleagues to, uh, you know, give shout outs to all employees, but, you know, just recognizing that the importance of it specifically to remote employees. So, mm, all right. I asked you like four questions and follow ups and everything else. So I like, I kept asking you, I told you I'll ask you one and I'd, I'd swap it with you. So to bounce off that last one, you're talking about the, the meetings and really including people. Meetings are one of the cool, the best tools I guess we have when people are remote to try to get them on the phone or on video chat with more than one person at a time so they feel connected. Uh, one of the things we used to do it was a, a teleconference. It was not even a video call, it was just teleconference, and we called it our all hands, and we got every person in the company. It was a requirement. We paid you for your time to sit down and listen to this call, and usually people were excited about it anyway. They wanted to hear what was going on, and so we started out every single one talking about the culture, the core values. We took each meeting, we took two core values and we told stories about some of our employees that had lived that out within the last, you know, since the last meeting we had. We did shout outs like you were talking about just now, right? Someone, this team did a great job. They just delivered this great product. The customer was really happy. Here's the feedback from the customer. Not just, oh, they're happy, but here's the feedback from the customer. And listing that out for all of them to see, that was pretty interesting pretty, uh, that was a lot of fun. Um, one of the things we did too is because we had, we had a kind of critical mass of employees at a handful of different places, we would rotate that around. So one time we would host it in Huntsville here where the headquarters was. The next time we'd host it where our other group was up in Lexington, Kentucky. The next time we did it down in Fort Walton Beach where other people were. And so we made everybody feel like they were connected. And it doesn't. It can be as simple and pared back as you want it to be or as much of a full-blown production as you want it to be. There's a huge range there. But I think some of the things that you and I both really agree on are using that as an opportunity to do some shout outs to make people feel like we recognize that thing that you did and we want to make sure that you realize that we care, especially for the people that aren't local. That means a lot to them. Absolutely. And it goes back to, we all want to feel valued and appreciated for what we do. Um, so yeah, no, I, that, that's great. Um, you know, that's, I love our Friday company calls. 
Um, it's a great way. You know, we all get kind of buried in our own project, uh, what we're doing, our own team. So it, it's a great opportunity as a company to branch out and um, show how different departments really are connected. So, it, you know, it, it's a great way to expand uh, you know, what is great and awesome that's going on in your company outside of what each individual is doing. So I know one of the things that you had also told me when we talked last was some even things like before someone starts that pre-hire communication, like let's get them excited about this before they even start with us. Um, you talked about things like, hey, they've got a new baby coming. You said this a little bit ago, like knowing what's going on in their life, but like baby gifts, like things like that. It's the little things for sure. And I, there's so many different ways we can do that, whether it's recognizing those personal moments, recognize professional moments, um, trying to find ways to just communicate more often, more frequently. Um, I think all those pieces of it are really, really important pieces of the puzzle to make sure that we have, we have all the bases covered because it's easy. It's so easy when someone's not there to just not talk to them as often. And I think it can work if we're intentional about it. That just reminded me of the um, culture books that um, we had done at my previous company that I know, you know, as I move forward into this role that I would love to do here was it was basically a yearbook. We, we did not use them as marketing tools. It wasn't a marketing tool. It was basically a yearbook like you used to get in, you know, in grade school and high school. And it was a collection of things, pictures that people, um, you know, had, uh, but just, uh, you know, it, it was a neat thing that we would present to colleagues at the end of the year. Um, so over, you know, kind of like that entire yearbook. So um, I, I will, I can't say that we thought of that ourselves. Um, like I've mentioned culture uh, at, at the last two uh, companies that I had been with um, is a huge, and I say the last two, actually my current one and the previous one is a huge part of, and, and, and you know, our leadership is really excited about that. Uh, so we had gone to Zappos. Uh, Zappos had um, for a long time, they, you know, they were the, the, uh, the company to look at um, leading that culture uh, drive within companies and they had sessions where you come in and um, that was the one thing that they did that we really picked up on that we really liked and our colleagues really liked was just picking, you know, you see emails flying around, you see posts flying around, just picking up little, little things out of there and, you know, presenting them in a way um, that they can remember them, you know, as they move forward into the next year. So, um, you know, that that was really a neat thing that I think that we did um, that I have done previously. And I'm looking forward to kind of bringing that back here. I want to quote you back at yourself, if that's OK. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so when we, talked, when we talked before, you said you need to make sure you have an open door, not just to complaints, but for ideas, too. Talk about that. Uh, just really, you know, I, I've i worked in small companies. I've gone through acquisitions, worked in larger companies. But, um, you know, what I found most value valuable was, you know, I want to make a difference. So, you know, if, if that is your company culture and value that, you know, you want 
colleagues to uh, feel like they are having input, then, you know, making sure that you're having uh, a chance for them to do that. Uh, we have, and I, and I understand, you know, a lot of companies can't do this, but might be able to do it more over, you know, now we have technology now through Skype and, you know, a, a videoing and, it, you know, it can be done at that level too. But, uh, we used to have a three day onboarding session where we would, we would, you know, tailor it up to, um, you know, the leadership. So the leadership team was already there because they were getting together. But putting that the leadership visibly in front of colleagues and specifically with remote colleagues, because now they have a name with a face, um, but putting them in front of them and and having that, making sure that they're walking away with that feeling like, you know what, if I have a good idea or a great idea, I know that I can go to somebody. Um, so, you know, like I said, I know here at People Strategy, we're, we're putting together an onboarding program. I'm super excited about it because I do think that, you know, obviously when you do work remote, a lot of times you haven't met anybody in the company. So it's a great opportunity um, to do that. So whether it be, like I said, through videoing, but it's also a great learning experience, you know, that those were the times that we talked about, you know, the departments and how they work together and did, uh, you know, those typical uh, uh, relationship building, you know, fun activities. And it was just a great experience for um, new hires, but also just colleagues that are coming in and uh, being able to interact with with others and yeah absolutely making the the personal part of that it's easy to forget or some companies like okay well I'll just we'll do the, the message from the president and we'll we'll check that off saying we've connected them um, but that's not quite the same because it's the one way you deliver that and it's done and when I'm actually coaching companies on developing a strategic approach to onboarding and how to develop the purpose of onboarding isn't, I mean, you're happy they're there, but it's not to just to welcome them and say, you know, glad, glad to have you. It's let's get you up to speed as fast as we can so you can be productive in the job that you want to do, that we hired you to do, that we're paying you to do. Like you started here to get this job done, not to not to sit through this. So there's there's pieces of it. But one of the things we talk about when we're coaching employers on this is make sure you connect people socially. Find ways to connect them to people. You know what? I might not need to need Jim for three months, but when I have that need, I'm like, oh yeah, they said that I was going to have to get this one thing done. We got a project going on and Jim was going to be the guy. And oh yeah, I've already talked to Jim. I met him my first week here and you get to go back and, and it's like, Hey, good to see you again. And you've already built that connection and you're just going back to refresh it. And when you, th one of the ways that I kind of get the point across is when you look at Gallup survey about who's engaged at work. Who's excited to be there? Who's, you know, pumped and satisfied on the, in the workplace? One of the questions they ask is, do you have a best friend at work? And I, I translate that generally, like, do you have friends at work that you like to work with, people that you want to be around? And in this case, virtually, do I, do I like to talk to them? Do we find common ground? Do we find ways to connect, whether it's just around the, the nuts and bolts of work because we're passionate what we do, or it's because we, we have fun, we get together, we laugh, we talk, we, we goof off like you and I did when we were getting the conversation started today like do we have to have fun because we have common ground but finding ways to connect them socially with people 
has actual value to keeping them at the business, to making them more happy, to helping them get their job done because a big chunk of what we learn and how we get work done is by interacting with other people and learning from them. So there's so many different facets to that piece of it, but I really agree with you. We've got to find ways to be more intentional about connecting that new person in with all those people because it's very easy to feel like you're off as an island, especially when you're remote. Um, even It's easy to do that at any business at any time when you're not connecting them socially, but it's even easier when you're remote and you're not physically surrounded by those people. Right. Absolutely. Having, uh, you know, a team that, uh, that it, you know, currently is already an established, you know, at the company and having a team of, you know, uh, new hire, uh, peers that, you know, that will take the ownership of, you know, welcoming that new hire, uh, you know, little, like I, I said, it's, it's the little things that count. So, you know, specifically with remote people. So, you know, it, it doesn't have to be, I got, I need to take you out to lunch, but Hey, let's just connect over a video call um, really quickly, you know? And like you said, building those friendships, those relationships, um, you know, tr we want to, we want people to feel like it's kind of like their second family. Like I said, you know, there are a lot of companies out there. There's a lot of headhunters. There's great recruiters out there that are constantly recruiting people. We need to give reasons for people wanting to stay other than just compensation. We used to have a thing called the Big Ideas Database, very okay. eloquent name, and anyone could submit an idea, and it was a gated process so that the leadership team, in a visual way, anybody could go look at and see what the process was, the status was on an idea that had been submitted. And instead of being like a suggestion box where it's secret and you drop something in and no one sees what it is, it was out there for everyone to see. And so okay. they they would put numbers on it. Would, here's a priority, high priority, low priority. Here's the budget it would take to make this happen. And um, it was cool because everything from we need bigger trash bags in, in the kitchen because these fill up too fast and I'm tired of taking them out seriously as a big idea. All the way to we should consider licensing this software piece that we've created custom every time, and it became a $3 million product line for the company. So all oh, kinds wow. of cool stuff came from that and some not-so-cool stuff, some basic things. But um, it was really a neat way to let people feel like their voices were heard and to show them that we were taking action on the things and that they were, they were being seen, even if we couldn't always do it right away. They might come for the money, but they'll stay for the culture. Absolutely. Yep, no. Awesome. Well, this has been so much fun, and I, I have like a list of other ideas I'd, I'd love to go deeper in, but I want to be respectful of your time. So let's, if you had to, I, that might be the best takeaway, but I don't, want to, I don't want to put words in your mouth. So one kind of practical piece of advice that you would give, someone's like, okay, this, I heard some cool ideas. That was a neat, neat here, neat there. What's one piece of practical advice you could give someone that's listening to this that wants to create more connections for their remote people? Um, I think the biggest thing is making sure that you're speaking the language. Um, just, uh, you know, start talking the language of uh, an employee being remote, um, you know, building templates, build, communicating in the language to let those remote people know that, you know, we know you're remote. We know where you are. We, you know, you're not just a number to us. Um, and, you know, like I said, that takes time and just kind of changing the language that you speak, I think, is probably, in my opinion, the most important and the 
easiest thing to start doing for um, your remote population. Excellent. Awesome. Love that. Definitely a, a fan of, of that piece of it. And again, that's that's about as nuts and bolts as it gets to trying to get better at this, right? We can talk about the, the philosophy behind it or the need behind it generally, the trend, whatever else. But when it comes down to it, doing some of those basic pieces of it is what's going to start to lead to those people feeling more included and more connected to the business. So how can someone connect with you? If they're like, oh, you know, Beth is sharp. Um, I, I know they're not, they definitely are saying that, but how can someone connect with you or follow you if they want to learn more? Well, now that I have my Skype up and going, <laughs> <laughs> what was that, Ben? Beth.hearn? <laughs> oh, I'll have to, I'll have to look that up and uh, put it in the show notes. Um, is LinkedIn a good way for them to connect with you potentially? That was actually what I was going to say is LinkedIn. Um, just look me up under Beth Hearn. Um, it's H-E-A-R-N um, and connect with me that way. I would love to hear from you. Um, trade, you know, I don't, I, this is a learning process for me all the time. And I love to hear great stories. I've been, I've enjoyed listening to things that, you know, ideas that you have that you've given me. So I would love to connect and kind of, you know, keep, keep this moving forward. Awesome. Very cool. Well, thank you again for joining us. This has been a lot of fun for me. No, thank you. I appreciate you having me. It was a lot of fun. Awesome. To everybody else, I hope you enjoyed the episode and the conversation with Beth as much as I did. Um, love to get your comments, get your thoughts on this episode as well. Feel free to shoot me a, shoot me a note at any time. Uh, happy to, to take new ideas for episodes that we have not covered, topics that we haven't covered in a while potentially for a refresh, any of those things. And uh, this is one of those that we kept hearing from people. I kept hearing people wanted to hear something on the remote piece. And so we brought Beth on to, to just to serve that need. So really, really excited to bring those, those pieces of content that everybody wants to hear about. This has been Ben Eubanks, your host, and we'll catch you next time. We're only human. We Thank you for listening to we're only human. Please take a moment to share this episode with another HR leader who might see it as a valuable resource in their daily work. For more information about the podcast and to see all our show archives, please visit upstarthr.com.